This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard DJ's Aviation Podcast. This is your home for everything aviation. From the latest news on aircraft, airlines, and airports, to documenting travel journeys unlike any other across the globe. Be sure to check out our second YouTube channel, Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation, where you'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. Hey, very warm welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. As always, I can only apologize for not airing an episode last weekend. Uh, let's just say, very, very busy. I was scheduled to head to the delivery event of the final Boeing 747. However... That didn't really go according to plan. This will be covered in a uh, podcast very, very soon. So definitely stay tuned as it was probably um, one of the worst travel journeys I've ever, ever had. And now I am feeling relatively sick. So apologies if I sound a little bit more dull or more tired and so forth. I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. Today, though, as promised from the previous episode, we're continuing with the journey through to Canada. Yes, this is many months old, but doing one per week does definitely have its downsides and can be hard to keep up with, say, travel journeys or the latest aviation news, but I'm hoping to get through this backlog as soon as possible to get fresh content, if you will, um, up and running for you. Before I begin, just a, a reminder, you can listen to this podcast absolutely on any platform that you choose, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, TuneIn Radio, and 20 other platforms. Just search the DJ's Aviation Podcast and you should be able to find it. On top of that, there's plenty of new Spotify reviews. If I do go and have a look here now across on the Spotify platform for the podcast, we're actually up to 89 reviews. That's a jump in something like seven. So I can only say thank you so much. And if you haven't already reviewed the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. I believe it helps it grow or at the very least shows your support for this little side project. There are two more reviews also over on um Apple Podcasts, as that's the only place where I can see written five-star reviews. So we have the first one from um, ZWE. Uh, I'm not too sure how to pronounce your name. I do apologize. From the Netherlands with a five-star review. Amazing podcast. I look forward to every episode. Keep up the good work. And a five-star review from JFCWB. Um, You're producing great content with a, a subject that is very interesting. Your podcasts help pass the time while traveling up and down the highway. Thank you very much, guys, for the review. Uh, very much appreciated there. Now, let's jump into where we were regarding this journey to Canada. And I believe I last left you on clearing security and arriving into Newark Liberty uh, for an eventual departure through to Toronto with United Airlines or United Express. Uh, Newark Liberty, this is one day before Thanksgiving. I was relatively surprised at how quiet the terminal was. It seems like a lot of people had done their traveling the days prior rather than the exact day beforehand. So that was definitely an interesting, um, I guess you could say, not perspective, but definitely interesting to me in, in some capacity that it wasn't as busy as maybe I would have imagined. Uh, generally, though, very smooth processed. Uh, this is one of the many times now I've had the pleasure of, or I guess you could say, I don't know if you'd say pleasure, but I've flown through Newark Liberty and this was definitely the smoothest and, and probably the best. 
Uh, I was I had time to get something to eat. Uh, sit down a little bit and much more. And uh, I would used one of the services that I have not experienced at any other airport around the world, and that is those tables. And if you've been through Newark Liberty, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's those tables where you have the ability to order from the surrounding shops and they bring the food to that exact table. The tables are kitted out with iPads. I'm sure this is at other airports around the globe, but personally, I've never been through an airport that has had such a thing, or at least I've not been through a terminal that has had such a thing at the airports I've flown by. Um, And it was an interesting concept, I think, rather than going to the place and you're kind of ordering to a table. It doesn't mean you really have to pick a, a certain spot and stick with it. And there would be other people, not in this case, as it was relatively empty, but typically there would be people next to you um, if it was busy. So I don't know. I I feel like it has its pros and cons. I think having done that, I probably would just prefer to go to the location and order it there and then find a seat somewhere else. But I think it definitely serves a purpose. As for the uh, Embraer E170 that I did board through to uh toronto pearson honestly a very very enjoyable flight i had a window seat and the middle seat was uh no not the middle seat pardon me i had a window seat and the flight was relatively full but i will say this the united express uh, e-170s are probably one of my favorite aircraft to fly on and uh very very underrated in terms of comfort in fact i've experienced more comfort and more leg room on these e-170s than some of the many wide bodies i've flown 16 hours on so it is genuinely always a pressure a pleasure pardon me to be able to jump on board one of these uh, e-170s and this time i was headed up to toronto pearson Uh, for what would actually be my very first journey and, I guess, passing through Toronto. Unfortunately, I didn't get to visit the city completely. It was merely just an airport visit. Um, But obviously, I do want to visit Toronto properly at some point. When that happens, who knows? Probably in 50 or so years. Um, But yeah, general first impressions of Toronto. I I did thoroughly uh, enjoy it. A nice airport that, again, felt relatively homely, I would say. And that is something I wanted to mention regarding all Canadian airports that I've had the pleasure of uh, flying through. They do just have a different feeling to them to other airports that I've I've flown through. Um, they feel warm, they feel cozy, they're comfortable. They just have this this feeling about them. And look. If you're like me and someone that loves traveling, not so much the flying aspect, but loves being in the airport and the general feel that comes with that, I think you'll know what I mean when you do look at those finer details of the the furnishings. And yes, you can probably call me weird, but it is something I definitely take notice of and very much enjoy uh, visiting, uh, say, a new airport and, and seeing what it's like. Arrival into Toronto Pearson did mean that uh, because I was coming from a US destination, I needed to collect my bag and recheck it. Now, this is a process that I would argue I'm always a little bit hesitant with. Um, When I say hesitant, I mean probably concerned that it is actually going to work. Uh, There's been plenty of times where I found connections with bag drops to be very, very difficult at airports uh, globally and being being i'm traveling obviously such a long distance i will have to recheck my bag at some point but i really look for airports that have those easy connections and that i would want to go back to um toronto pearson it wasn't all that overly complicated there was a specific room where i needed to drop my bag eventually 
as a connecting passenger, if you will. So I found that relatively seamless and um, would probably fly through there again. As for the rest of the airport, it felt a little bit dysfunctional to a certain extent. I don't know how to explain it. It felt like there was a lot of space and I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it just was a little bit odd to a certain extent. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but once past security, it just was a, a little bit a little bit weird. I, I feel like the gate placement and that in line with where the shops were just felt odd. It, feel like, it felt like there wasn't a whole lot of amenities actually located in the area. I think there may have been one or two places to sit, which on the grand scheme of things is actually quite a lot coming from somewhere like Melbourne, where that's not really a thing in our international terminal because the facilities just aren't very good. Um, but in comparison to some of the other ones, if we're looking at size, say even Vancouver, I feel like Vancouver had maybe more options that weren't as uh, spread apart to the point where you really only could congregate in the one area. Uh, that being said, the airport is very, very clean and does feel spacious. Uh, I did walk around, took some pictures, of course, of the planes at the gates. That's something I always love to do. And then sat down and had some lunch um, as I tuned into the World Cup. And quite cool that Canada were playing at the exact same time. So lots of people that were getting ready to board their domestic flight within Canada had congregated at the various pubs or seating areas where there was a TV uh, and they were showing the game. There was also a little designated area that had the game on a TV and they were almost branding it and marketing it as the World Cup zone, which I thought was very, very cool and a great place to just go and sit and watch some football as you await your departure. So that was a very nice experience, even though Canada did lose. Um, it was fun to be able to watch a World Cup game with Canada in a Canadian airport as I'm readying to spend the next couple of months in that country. Um, I did have one, I actually had two more flights after this journey to Toronto. The next one was to Montreal on board an Air Canada Airbus A330, so we're heading back to Air Canada. Um, you're going to hear some reviews on the, the airline in the coming in the coming weeks, but honestly, I do feel like they're very hit and miss, and I think many people are in agreement. A lot of Canadians don't like the fact that Air Canada has such a grip on the market because of the effects it has on passengers. Their price point and overall service are based on that price point may not be up to par with what you should be expecting. Unfortunately, that is the downsides of having such a stronghold on the Canadian sector, and that is very similar to, say, uh, Qantas, who has a significant portion of that market share, and it's very hard for that to ever change, given, given the circumstances. So... One of the great things about Toronto to Montreal, it's such a busy route that uh, the airline will put on a significant amount of wide bodies on that journey, whether it be the A330, the 787, sometimes even the 777. Uh, it's always pretty pretty busy in terms of wide body aircraft featuring and I ended up picking with the A330, which gave me enough time into Toronto to just generally relax, get something to eat, and then board my flight as my last um, connecting flight departed at 9.30pm from Montreal. So you can see probably why, therefore, it uh, it wasn't too pressing in regards to what time I got into Montreal, given it was just a uh, Canadian domestic journey that I would be taking. So yeah, quite quite an impressive 
I guess you could say, flight on this A330. I did I did actually enjoy it. While I say they can be hit and miss, this was probably one of the journeys that was more pleasant. Um, given it being only an hour, I, I probably think it's hard to go wrong with a one-hour journey. It's very similar in comparison to uh, Melbourne to Sydney. Jumping on board, say, a, a Qantas A330, who, of course, deploy the, the 330 on uh, multiple flights per day just because it is so popular and in demand. Thankfully for this A330 journey, it was once again not a completely full flight. I would say maybe 80% full. And yes, that is definitely busy, but it is better than 100%. Uh, and I was located more towards the front of the aircraft as because I had that connection, I wanted to try get off the plane sooner rather than later. I feel that can very much be a problem. Um, if you have a connecting flight, sometimes it is better to just book Pay, let's say you're, I didn't pay it this in this instance, but I would say a travel tip is definitely pay a little bit more to get a seat further up in the plane rather than back if you have a connecting flight. Um, given staff shortages that are happening all around the world, it does take a lot longer for you the, the bridge to actually come to the aircraft and for you to eventually get off the plane. That's something I'm noticing. So when it comes to connecting flights, if you have a very tight deadline and you need to get off that plane quickly, I would bite the bullet and pay a little bit more to get further up the plane. That way, hopefully, you're going to be one of the, the first off and you can quickly run to your gate. If you're located towards the back of the plane, especially if you're on a wide body, you can absolutely forget it um, because you will probably be there for 20 minutes as everyone's trying to get their bags down. Credit to the cabin crew. They do say that if you have a connecting flight, raise your hand and we will let you go through first. But unfortunately, humans will be humans and that never actually eventuates and... Um, for the most part, no one actually listens to those that have connecting flights and they can't get through because at the end of the day, everyone just wants to get off the plane. I wish there was a way that we could actually let connecting people off first, but I just think that's something that won't and can't be enforced at the same time. So it is what it is, but I think the only way to mitigate that is by going to the front of the aircraft and trying to get a seat further up and then really being prompt of course, if you prefer the back of the plane, you prefer the back of the plane, um, but definitely a helpful tip. Deboarding for this flight was a, a relatively seamless experience. I had a quite many hours, so I was not stressed by any any stretch of the imagination in regards to making my next flight. In fact, I was probably more concerned that that flight would be cancelled. For those that don't know, I flew five days earlier than initially expected. You may be asking why. That is because Air Canada cancelled one of my flights and put me on a journey two days later, um, which would mean I'd be stuck in Montreal for two days. And I didn't really fancy spending two nights of accommodation because there's no doubt Air Canada would not compensate me for that. So I just pushed the, the travel a couple of days earlier and was really praying that this final flight would go ahead. Uh, unfortunately, given the time of the flight, I think I arrived in at uh, 7.30 on a Saturday or Sunday. Unfortunately, everything was closing, which was relatively disappointing. Um, I, I did want to get something to eat, some dinner, but everything had pretty much shut at that point. So I think I had to settle for a 7-up drink as my dinner. Um, that wasn't with it, without trying. I did approach some of the restaurants that looked to be open, but they weren't accepting customers anymore. So the people in there could eat as long as they wanted. In fact, they were in there one hour after closing, still chatting and mingling, but they weren't obviously doing any more cooking or serving, which is unfortunate to a certain extent, but it is what it is. 
that's just the downside when it comes to, say, a planning a trip and, and maybe you're arriving later in the night at an airport that just uh, isn't as busy as, say, a Singapore Changi, which would have stuff open 24-7. They, they would never close to a certain extent. Montreal Airport does truly feel like almost a second home to me. I've, I've had the pleasure of flying through that airport many, many times, and I always really enjoy my time there. There's just something about the airport that I really, really like, probably for personal reasons. Uh, so it's always very, very nice to be able to see the same gates, the same restaurants. And I feel like only at that point do I really believe I'm in Canada. And that sounds weird, having flown through Toronto, Vancouver and Calgary. Albeit Calgary, I ran through the airport, so I didn't really get to see it. But there's just something about Montreal that I, I really, really like. The the final flight was um, boarding a regional CRJ. And that that's an experience if you've ever had the pleasure of, well... Again, I say pleasure, but I, I don't really know if it's a pleasure. Um, if you've ever had the chance to fly a CRJ, you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. It is the sole reason why I now only bring a backpack. I did buy a, uh, a two-wheeler like carry-on and yeah, nah, there was no chance after one journey of bringing that and trying to fit it on a CRJ. It was an absolute nightmare. Uh, there's not a whole lot of space on these aircraft. Thankfully, the regional flight that I bought is never that full. In fact, it's mostly like 35% full. Um, but that being said, there's not a lot of overhead bin space. Nothing can fit under the seat in front of you. Uh, and especially when you're going to such a such a small town, it, it does prove difficult to a certain extent. You have to sort of plan. Even though my journey started in Melbourne, the complete other side of the world, I was already having to plan for that one-hour flight. This flight was also heavily delayed. It can be very touch and go if it actually goes ahead, which is one of the, the downsides, I guess, of catching a regional flight with um, Air Canada Express or Air Canada Jazz. Um, it is because it's it's very touch and go. And look, we were delayed an hour or so, maybe even longer, to be honest. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the exact amount. I just know it was over an hour uh, purely because they needed to get water bottles on board the aircraft to serve us water for the one hour flight. And I feel like at that point, I would have rather just gone and not had the water. Like, there are some people that maybe that's me thinking selfishly, but to be delayed that long, I think we got in just after midnight, which was far later than what should have happened. Just because of the water bottles, I found very, very funny. They couldn't locate the water bottles or something, which was hilarious, and and that's why it took so long. Um, Yeah, so definitely an absolute mess to a certain extent, but... Not that I would necessarily expect any different because it is original aircraft and original flight. And like I told you, it it can be cancelled at a moment's notice. So when we weren't leaving, I I for a second was like, oh my God, they're going to take us off this plane after this long journey and I'll I'll end up having to spend a night in Montreal regardless. That could be worse, but I doubt Air Canada would probably compensate for that. They're a bit bit dodgy when it comes to that kind of thing. I feel like that's a lot of airlines nowadays though. Um, Pre-pandemic, airlines were not great but probably a lot better with compensation and refunds and so forth and since the pandemic they'll blame staff shortages on absolutely anything as a reason to not give your money back or to take a year and a half when it shouldn't take realistically that long so uh, eventually though the plane did go away and it was a smooth one hour journey a pretty scary approach and you may be like why on earth is it a scary approach um very very dark of course i'm not going into a city and we were kind of going up and down, up and down, and uh, you can't see the ground because we took the approach that didn't go over the town. We took the approach that went over basically the woods. 
So I couldn't see the ground and I was like, are we close to the ground? Are we high? It certainly sounds like uh, the engine's going up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, A very interesting approach to say the least. But arrival just after midnight concluded what was like a 65-hour journey by the time I landed. So (laughs) the funny thing is um, this will be eclipsed by a journey coming up that was from uh, this small town back to Melbourne that was even longer and even more stressful. So please do make sure you're staying tuned because I think that one's going to be an all-time podcast for the ages and uh, there's lots of twists and turns and I'll I'll just give you an outright warning. There's nothing good about that podcast when it eventually releases. In fact, it's going to be pretty negative and I think you'll be able to see why. Either way, thanks for following me on this journey to Canada. I know it's taken quite some time to properly get it out, but I did want to do multiple episodes. I just find that better than compiling it all into an hour and a half. It's probably easier for you to digest. And, well, it gives me content per week to upload to this uh, podcast and streaming platforms. Thank you very much for listening. As always, feel free to review, rate the podcast, and make sure to follow it also. That way you'll be notified whenever it goes live and... If you're not following me on socials, you are able to say keep up with the episodes that will go out. Uh, Thanks for watching and take care and be safe. I'll, I'll see you next weekend for another podcast. That's to be confirmed what it will be, but I'll do everything in my power for it to be, um, the, I'll do it. I'll do everything in my power, pardon me, for it to be the long journey from the town to Melbourne. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next week. Well, watching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. You'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. Dan.